Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in the world, brought to you by Vans, baby, the number one shoe in skateboarding. Man, I need Vans. Man, I need Vans. Yeah! This week we talking about our favorite shoe over here at The Bunt, the Ultra Range Pro. Y'all already know the Ultra Range Pro is the solution to top athletes around the world who need that lightweight comfort. Featuring the new Ultra Cush Light midsole compound offering the ultimate in impact cushioning, Duracap upper reinforcement in high wear areas, and unrivaled durability. If you're looking for that clean aesthetic, look no further because the Ultra Range Pro is here to stay and it's making dreams come true. And speaking of dreams, it looks like Tiago may have just wrapped up Skater of the Year 2017. So Donald's taking those Ultra Range Pros and he's got a new dream. Canadian Olympic Team 2020. I've always dreamed of representing my country in the Olympics and with the technology in the Ultra Range Pro, dreams could be a reality. Tokyo 2020, here I come baby. Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six, y'all. Drop that bitch. And now, live from Studio E, the bunt with Safer and Donovan. Me and the Ghost would like to dedicate episode nine. To the great Nate Peterman of the Buffalo Bills, one of the world's shortest NFL careers for a quarterback, five interceptions inside the first half. This one's to you, brother. As usual, I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. We got Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still, say what we got popping this week, G. Yeah, we got a barn burner this week. You know what I'm saying? The one, the only Jerry Sue, legend of Satan's pain. <laughs> inside studio e then we taking y'all straight to the post office answering your questions you dig i'm saying then you know what time it is <laughs> it's the rundown baby is that your new thing you dig i'm saying you, you ditched the I, I do up the do you even listen to me anymore dog i've been saying Wait. that for fucking months that's what i'm saying it's your new thing you, you ditched the dj Khaled one we're, we're on the you dig i'm saying but as usual make sure to like us on facebook at the bunt Follow us on Instagram at the Bunt Live. Keep sending them emails to the Bunt Live at gmail.com. And if you guys haven't checked it out yet, we got the ghost music video live on the BuntLive.com. It's a throwback. Make sure you get it. Or don't, because you probably never look at me or listen to me the same again. <laughs> Kook status. Yo, this week, been wanting to get this guy on forever. One of the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion. One of the most underrated all-time greats mm-hmm. if that makes any sense i mean he's not underrated overall but as an all-time great which i definitely think he is he's a little underrated because you know what i'm saying some of his sponsors back in the day didn't have him in the biggest spotlight but the man puts out video part after video part instant classics you know what it is he's been doing it full video part banger since 99 can you believe that the man's a straight legend his last part in made 2 doesn't look like he's slowing down. I don't know what else to say. The man's a fucking all-time boss. Not much more needed to be said after that. It's time for the Jerry Sue interview. Let's get it popping. 
Yo, hoda, hoda. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little sad. I'm getting smacked in all types of fantasy leagues this week. <laughs> I need a steam whistle, aka the only buzz to feel better. Hit the fridge, B. Yeah, I'm heading over, grabbing some of Canada's Pilsner. You know, we're going to keep it icy cold, keep the brews flowing all episode long. It wouldn't be right if we wasn't sipping Canada's premium Pilsner, you dig? <laughs> Let's get that buzz popping. y'all it's a very special episode for us we got jerry sue in the building how's it going jerry what's up it's going good oh yeah so we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skateboard moment and favorite sports moment <laughs> well wow it's pretty pretty easy right out the gate okay so favorite skateboard moment that's like that's pretty easy first kick flip that was like the one of the most like magical moments of my life, like making that happen. And it took a long time because the board was really heavy. And uh, I don't know, I just remember it like really crystal clear. It was in front of my parents' house. And I was like so happy. Like the first time you ever really like really land a trick and then you're kind of hooked after that. For favorite sports moment? I don't really have a favorite sports moment. Uh, I guess the, the same, same moment. <laughs> skateboarding as a sport are you training for the olympics <laughs> no i'm probably i'm getting like emotionally prepared to just watch it i guess i'm not uh <laughs> the, the the olympics is like a super surreal weird thing that everybody's like everybody has an opinion about about that but yeah i'm not really a skateboarding as a sport kind of guy i'm sort of like in the middle Right, yeah, I can't picture any contest footage now that I'm thinking about it. It's, like, pretty rare. I think, like, I mean, I entered, like, Tampa Am 99 or some shit like that, and then, Oof. like, base, basically nothing else. I can't skate contests. I'd, like, freeze up. I get nervous. I get stage fright. I remember Tampa Am, like, Clyde Singleton was announcing, and that was, like, that was, like, double crazy. <laughs> and, uh, like, like, not only could I not handle skating in front of people, like, uh, Clyde, like, yelling into the... The microphone was super crazy. But yeah, like, I always felt that it was kind of a waste of everybody's time if I was there, because it was just, like, pointless. So I just never, ever went, and I didn't mind. But I remember in Tampa, I got 89th place. Oh! I thought you were going to say 89% score out of 100. I was like, okay, okay. No, no, I no, I got I was <laughs> quite the opposite. terribly. Yeah, <laughs> way the opposite. So tell us what it was like growing up in San Jose, getting into skating. Take us back to the early days. Well, I started skating uh, Christmas 1992, and um, my parents like didn't want me to skate at all. I was like going through a lot of weird like identity identity phases at the time. So like they were like, "Oh, you want to start skating? Like you're gonna quit that in like." like a week if we buy you one and they didn't want to buy me one it was too expensive um and nobody skated it was just san jose is really like suburban it's really like sprawled out it's kind of like it's kind of like the san gabriel valley in la like it's just suburbs schools strip malls and then there's like silicon valley so it's like you know there's a lot of shit to skate but it's like kind of boring it's kind of like just flat and not much is going on but uh at the time like there was like a pretty cool skate scene um, like, I don't know if you remember, but like, 
Um, that's when like Steve Caballero, Simon Woodstock, sort of uh, Jason Adams. Like there was like a scene there, so it was cool. Like once I started skating, I only skated with like one other friend, and it was like really not cool. It was uh, like not like it is today. It was just like like we all wore like the clothes we wore and like carrying skateboards and stuff. Like everybody just thought we were um, just like kind of like rejects, like weird like. Uh, pot smoking by the creek kids you know like we <laughs> like no respect anywhere like you know people would people would throw shit at us you know like jocks in their pickup trucks would like throw stuff at us and God call damn. us names wow. yeah i mean it, like i don't want to paint this picture like i i it was like so hard but it, it wasn't like it is today like you know kids who skate today like they're like kind of automatically kind of cool and mm -hmm. That's always like funny to see because like when we started, it it was like the complete opposite. Like we were totally hated, <laughs> wow. or just kind of like looked down upon. You know, like I, I guess if you started skating back then, that means you really, really wanted to do it. No doubt. I think me and Donald were kind of more in the middle phase. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily cool, but people weren't throwing shit at us. God damn. Yeah, it was just like not a thing. Like when I when I I went to a private school for a while, and that's like when I started skating and. There was literally zero skaters there, like nobody skated. And you couldn't even tell I skated because we wore uniforms. And uh, I, I like started acting out and eventually got kicked out of that school. But then, so in the middle of the year, I had to go to a public school and like that's where like there were some skaters and that's where I like met other skaters and discovered that there was like people I could be friends with and go skate with. And wear your own clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 and just like kind of, it was like kind of a really good thing to happen for me because I, I could like be with kids that were a little more like me. That's what's up. So tell us about your first big break in skating. I guess that would just be like just meeting older older kids and uh, like to me they were they were like they were full grown adults but like they were actually only like nineteen um, and I was like fourteen <laughs> yeah. and like at that time you know that's like such a big difference. And those guys, uh, they all lived in my neighborhood and I would always like see them around and stuff. And then through skating, we became like, I think they just started to notice me and my friends. And then we, uh, we started skating together a little bit. And those guys, they knew these people at this skate shop called NC Board Shop. And that board shop had like a crazy team. Like that team was like Paul Sharp, Gershon Mosley, Mark Johnson, Sean Mandoli, like all these like San Jose guys. And I had made a sponsor me tape and that shop got the tape and then that's like when i started to basically just get like noticed like people saw the tape like like the pros on the team and then they like would start talking to me and that's kind of like how it all started happening but what's funny about that tape is that tape is like that tape was like 25 minutes long Ooh. and i showed it to my i showed it to my friend and he, my older friend and he was like dude you can't this this video can't be 25 minutes long. It has to be like, it has to be three minutes or four minutes. And I was like, as like a 14 year old kid who didn't know anything, I was like, so like, what are you talking about? Like, how are they gonna know like everything I can do? And, <laughs> and uh, he was just like, dude, trust me. And he told me a story where he, he watched Solomon Aga watch a sponsor me tape. Like someone sent real a sponsor me tape and he put it into the VCR, push play. And there was music. And he didn't like the first like two or three things and he just turned it off and he took it out and he never watched it again. So I was like, okay, like that like really scared me. So I like 
basically went back and re-edited it, took out the song, whatever the fuck that was, <laughs> and then made it like made it like five minutes long, and then and then I had to refilm shit with them, so that's kind of how I got my whatever. That's how I started to get noticed. And basically, long story short, Mark Johnson saw that sponsor me tape, and then I started getting Maple boards, and then I re- I started writing for Maple skateboards when I was about fifteen. Damn. Damn. That's a big year. The Mark Johnson connect. I forgot about back in the day, like all the rules of sponsor me's. Like, oh yeah. I don't know. Do people even have to make sponsor me's anymore with Instagram? But like, I don't it, think there's so. so many little rules, like no music and all that shit. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I guess you kind of don't need to anymore, but back then that was like for a lot of kids, that was their, their only shot. It was their only way because like if a team ca- like another way is like a team comes to your town like mm-hmm. on tour and then you skate in front of them but that can be like i mean that can be like a major turn off if you're trying to like fucking the go hard if you're trying to yeah if you're trying to like bust in front of the team like <laughs> that can be like a lot of kids don't understand that, that like that's not cool too so so you've been around a long time long enough to see skating go from muska flips to proper flicks on your frontside flips uh, <laughs> Your nolly backside flips definitely made the appropriate change over the years, but do you miss Muska flips at all? <laughs> and uh, what are your thoughts on the transition as a whole? The transition as a whole is good. Doing like Muska type flips, the only thing I miss about them is they were just way easier. <laughs> but like, when it's funny because like when I was a kid, that's just how people did them, and I was like, I wanted to. Do that and like when I learned them, I was like, "Oh, this these are pretty easy. I'll just start doing these." <laughs> um, but like over time, like it did start to like wear me out. Where I was like, "Oh, like I'm like not into this trick anymore." And then I didn't do them for a long time. And then learning how to do them like correctly, like a flip catch, that feels way better now. That feels like you're like really doing a trick. I remember like <laughs> even even at the time doing them like that, I felt a little bit like. Ah, this doesn't feel the best. <laughs> I mean, you came up in the storm era, so no one blames you. <laughs> those things yeah, are wild. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's just like the way, I mean, those types of trends, like those will, like, there's trends like that today, you know, like the, there's stuff like that going on today. And um, it'll just always be like that. Like things will, just, like those could come back. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really like, I, I don't doubt anything anymore after seeing like, what skating is like over like the last 20 years or whatever oh, like definitely. i'm not you know like it's really crazy what can happen you can't rule out anything making a comeback nowadays oh these days there's so many like ugly tricks or like tricks that weren't cool five years ago like now everyone has to have a varial flip when there was a time when it was like only brian anderson can varial flip <laughs> yeah we used to call those dog flips like we everybody <laughs> that was like such a like childish um bullshit trick yeah but you didn't have enough power to three flip so you would varial flip <laughs> yeah it's like a it's like a kid trick it's like because you don't know any tricks like that's the kind of but yeah but it's different now i don't know i think i think it's because i think a lot of those less awesome tricks i guess are popular now because more kids understand um what style is so they can like kind of cushion it with with good style like because you can like you can see a kid who skates with really good style and he can do like quote unquote like whack tricks but they look they can like look really sick so i think like that's like the difference now yeah definitely musket flips i already kind of making a comeback a little bit our homegirl nora be blasting them on on transition 
Muska flips the tail. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen that, and and uh, it's funny. Like I think with skating, it, it kind of has like a, it's kind of like language where like uh, you can do something and it's just a joke, but then you do it so much, and over time, it just becomes regular. Like saying the word dog, like, that's <laughs> yeah. like what's up, like what's up, dog. You can say that to literally anybody, and it's okay. But like. 15 years ago that would be kind of weird and you and your friends just say things so much that it just becomes normal and then everybody starts doing it so that's kind of like a muska flip where like people could just start doing them again like as a joke constantly and then it'll just like kind of it might just turn into a thing again it just takes certain people to do that type of shit you know definitely and i couldn't agree more i mean the way me and donald talk we're joking like 70 percent of the time but like right now I'm talking normal English, but you know, the slang comes out quite often and it we just talk like that so much jokingly that we just end up talking like that normally almost, but it's yeah. very unfortunate. Yeah, at yeah. Times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure, you know, like I just saw a video, I just saw a video where like Eric Ellenson like pressure flip like 10 stairs and I was like, yeah, that's really, that's really funny, you know, like how that's like that's cool like that was like a real trick and granted it was eric ellington who who like can pretty much do anything but um yeah i mean that's like a totally legit trick in a video right now which is i mean totally it's fine. legit if the right person's doing it he's definitely the right person yeah that's like the... if i tried to pressure flip yeah, something i don't know if it'd go over <laughs> so well but yeah yeah that's what i'm saying man like you, you know it just takes a couple people like eric or like carol or something and then a trick is is a trick Oh, definitely. I saw just the other day, um, front salads are pretty whack. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty, you know, known these days, but Mike Carroll did a front salad on, on transition and Thrasher posted it on their Instagram the other day and it was actually dope. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe salads are back next. And then like the next day you saw it in the hockey video. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. I think John Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. I mean, it just, it just takes a few people that you like or that, you know, everybody likes to, uh, completely change the tide with a <laughs> with a trick like wrist guards are whack but then like you see like gino is like wearing one and you're like well i guess they're okay like i yeah, could wear my it my wrist kind of hurts <laughs> a little you know no i i hate yeah, wrist guards yeah. but i definitely have some wrist guard footy because that's just one where it's like you can skate if your wrist is hurt and you have a wrist guard on so unfortunately sometimes you're just gonna end up filming with one on there's nothing you can do about it it's like i'm not gonna not film or skate just because i'm wearing one donald you looking hella fine in that brixton holiday collection <laughs> but reggie our good friends at brixton they got something new up their sleeves and it's on and popping b this holiday, Brixton's proud to team up with Coors Banquet on a special collection of apparel, headwear, and accessories. Ya dig? Drawing inspiration from Banquet's celebrated history, this collection blends Coors' timeless aesthetic with Brixton's modern yet classic designs. The Brixton and Coors Banquet-friendly union features vintage-inspired prints and washes and includes a limited-edition jacket, flannel, and vest, as well as an assortment of fleece, tees, caps, and accessories, my dog. Reggie, I cannot wait to get a box of this epic collab. You smell me? Yo, follow Brixton, at Brixton on Instagram, at Brixton on Facebook, 
and at Brixton MFG on Twitter. All right, so tell us a little bit about your Osiris days, what it was like being a part of the storm, one of the most iconic skate videos. It's, it's kind of, so I got on Osiris because of Dave Mayhew, because Dave Mayhew wrote for Maple and he was just like, do you want some shoes? And what's funny is that at the time I was getting flowed America shoes, but oh. uh, like from, like with Mark, but I mean, getting on America then was not going to happen for me because I was just like, kind of like nobody. And so Dave was like, oh, well you should just ride for Osiris. So I started riding for Osiris and it was like, I just, I was so young and so new and so like grateful for anything that I was like, like sure, because the shoes were like crazy. They were like, not like looking back on it. it those, the sh especially the, my, like my first package, I, I remember getting it and being like, like, wow, like there's like eight pairs of shoes in here. That's so crazy. But they were like, <laughs> but they were so insane. Like even by those standards back then. And uh, yeah, and then I just started, you know, I just started riding for it and I uh, like I got on the team and I became like friends with a few of those guys and that was really awesome. But yeah, it was like, it was like a very crazy time in skating, like where like hip hop and San Diego were like very super influential. Like those two combined were like a big, like, there was like a big thing going on. And, uh, and it was like a little bit like, I don't know, I, you know, I struggle with like how to describe what that era was like and and what it was like to be in it but it, it was it was super bizarre for me you know like a kid from northern california like all of a sudden was like in this world of like like the epicenter of skating you know the part of the team that i hung out with was a little more mellow but then like the the, the rest of the team like those guys were like you know they really adapted that like mentality of like um like getting rich being like the center of attention and like, you know, like they were like starting to make money and they had never made money like that before. And they just kind of like, like, it's like every fucking VH1 story you've ever heard where it's like, you know, you take a kid from nowhere, they're good at something, you give them money, you give them like fame or whatever. And then, you know, their life kind of like just sort of goes in unexpected directions. But <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like the, like the, the, the whole, the, the whole feel of the company was like, hip-hop and and like and i didn't and that like was not my thing like i i listened to like weird like like ambient rock bands and stuff like like riding for osiris was like really weird for me in that way because i didn't relate to like their thing at all but but i like my friends on the team and like i was like i'm like a like i was like a, a loyal i'm a loyal loyal team rider so like i i wasn't like it didn't turn me off enough to like try and get on someone else Right. Um, but it was definitely fucking weird, man. Like, after, especially after the storm came out and like going on tour, it was like, it was like being in like a crazy rock band where like there was buses, ho like gnarly hotels, like $5,000 dinners, everybody's <laughs> like going nuts. Like Jesus. It, it was really, it was really kind of crazy in like a, like it was fun to watch it, but you all, I, I kind of felt bad. I kind of felt like, oh, like we're just like we're being so wasteful we're being like but i still i still was like this is fun you know like this is totally fun and we can do i like i took advantage i totally took advantage of it too but it was always like i felt a little out of place 
but you know, I always want to emphasize that like I had my friends and I liked hanging out with them on the team, but the, yeah, there was a, this other element of the, of Osiris that I never really like, I didn't vibe with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and eventually I, it, it like, and it's what's funny is like after that, Osiris like totally tried to change their image, you know, like all those guys got off the team and they tried to become like a, a weird, like, like when like Diego started writing for it and like Clint Peterson and John Rattray, like they just, all of a sudden they tried to be something else. And that was like really weird to me. I was like, what, this is like totally not what you guys are, but. <laughs> yeah. When they went from and it, and the storm to subject to change. Right. It beca- it's just become, because, you know, like, like that type of that like the the early 2000s sort of you know that huge um trend it was just was over so they wanted to they were trying to adapt but to me i was just like oh like i don't know that's when i started to really lose interest and try to like do other shit but 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 actually being in the storm video is crazy because like i i remember seeing it for the first time and just being like whoa like i don't even know what this is i don't even know like i didn't say anything at the time because i was like 17 it's just like i didn't even know what to say but i remember seeing it and just like this video doesn't make any sense to me um, <laughs> it's like <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's just so it, it's just like this crazy collage of stuff that i don't understand and it's still like that like i'll see clips from it and just be like wow like this was like that that video won skate like video of the year or something uh, at the Trans World Awards. I remember I was there and I like couldn't believe it. I like, <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Um, it was a, a it's dude. It's always so hard to describe that time because it's so confusing to me. Um, it was just it was really just like just go with the flow and and just like see what happens. Sounds hectic, but. You must be hyped that you're in it because, you know, like people love it, like a cult classic kind of like it's a special. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, dude, people, people to this day, like talk to me about it, like all types of people. Like, it's crazy. Like people bring it up all the time (laughs) and people, people straight up just be like, dude, that that video was like, it it, like changed my life. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it changed my life too. But it's just like, dude, I can't like that. that it's just like the craziest, like, work of like outsider art or something. It's like so insane to me. Like, what? Like, I haven't watched it from start to finish in a long time. But <clears throat> I don't even know if I could. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It, that was like a really crazy time. That video is definitely all over the map. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't even know. I feel like when any any crazy thing that anyone suggested just went into the video, it was like Josh Casper's like, I'm gonna ollie this DJ and like <laughs> That's the best. And then yeah, I'm gonna try I'm gonna ollie like literally like a twenty foot tall gap like over this DJ and then like we're gonna edit it like this where it's like super dramatic. I don't even do it, but we're gonna put it in the video <laughs> and and then like we went paintballing and they filmed it. I don't even know if they were planning on putting it in the video or they just saw the footage and were like, Oh, like, yeah, like, let's just, let's just throw that in there. You know, like, I don't need, I don't understand so much of it. It's like such a crazy, like, <laughs> it's just such a crazy, it must've been like my sponsor me tape where it was just like this super long, confusing, like bizarre <laughs> thing that had to be, had to be cut down, but whatever, like that, that video, like had so much to do with like my career, which is very weird to, like think about but like it's like totally true so i like owe it a lot but i definitely 
I, I definitely look back on it just being like, like, whoa, like, what is that? Like, what is that crazy experience that I was a part of? <laughs> hey, we appreciate you, your part in that whole video. Thanks. And also, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, Scott Free either. Like, there, there is that, that storm clip that is in my video part. Like, that oh, is yeah. the fucking weirdest, like, such a weird thing to be in a video part. Like, I, I filmed <laughs> that line as, as a, uh, so funny. I'm, like, trying to, like, uh, <laughs> I'm bringing that up. But, uh, like, yeah, like, that's weird too. Like, I filmed that. I feel that line is kind of just a joke and it just like the footage just made it in there. And I remember at the premiere just being like, whoa, like I didn't want that to be in there. But, but it fits so perfectly into that video. <laughs> it does, but it does. It just fits with like, just how fucking like another planet that video is like, just like, oh, just throw that in there too. That's great. Like <laughs> the tech the better. Well, you mentioned storm flips. There's another flip trick that we were a little curious about. You seem to be able to do anything on a skateboard, including nollie backside, muska flip, late flips. But uh, watching all your parts today, didn't really see any frontside flips. What's really good with your frontside flip? They're missing in action. Yeah, I don't really, I, I can't do them very well. There's only, there's only like one, I've only done one frontside flip in a video. And, uh, but I, I've never, I've just never been able to do them. Now everybody knows why I just, I just, it's just, it's, it's just like a trick. I, I, I have never got good at. There's a lot of tricks that just don't like they're sick. And when I, if I can do a good one, I feel good. But it, like, you know how there's just tricks that like, you don't even really try because you kind of, a, you don't know, you know that they're not really going to feel that good and it's going to take forever. So you just kind of don't do them. And plus, it's like one of the most popular tricks in skateboarding. So like, I'm not really that mad that I can't do them. You know, like it's like I can do. I'll just do other tricks. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't need to do the trick that everybody can do. That's how I kind of rationalize it. Like, you know, I don't need to do that trick. Like everybody can do it. So I'll just skip it. So your video parts are always meticulous and well-rounded. As far back as they go, they would still be instant classics if they came out today. Which of your parts is your favorite? I don't know. I mean, they're they're all like. I mean, there's obviously the ones that are like I don't give a shit about at all, and then there's like the few. There's like a few of them that I like, but um, you know, like because I I made them and I, or like I like did them or whatever. Like it's really hard to. I'm like so biased against them that it's like hard to really. Like there's like stuff about them that I like, but I you know like you when you like make something, I think like you me anyways i i can only see what's wrong with them or like what's incomplete about them but i mean as far as like being on the top of my game like um like the enjoy video part is like when i was like the top of my game like that was when skateboarding like i could pretty much do almost anything i could think of uh and so for that video part like that's the way i look at it like that was kind of like my like when i was like most physically and mentally there but then I guess, but an, but one that I, I kind of like a lot, I guess was the last one I did, the made video part, because I had to like, because I had to think really hard about what I did there because um, my body and like my skill level just isn't where my imagination is. So I really had to think ahead and be like, okay, like I basically had to like change the way I skated to film that video part because um, I had been, I had become so used to like jumping downstairs or like trying to like 
skate big stuff and like that was like the banger stuff I could do but I couldn't do that anymore if I tried to do it it would be like weeks before I could skate again and um and I was getting hurt a lot and I just had to like I had to like start skating other stuff like banks and ditches and like all kinds of and like so the way it, I mean there's a lot of stuff I didn't do it was like a very disappointing experience but I really I kind of look back on that video part as uh the most thoughtful I'd ever been with the video part because before it's just like you just go out and you skate and you do shit you know you're young and like you're just you're just at a spot and you'll just pull some shit and you don't think too hard but that but the that video part I just did like I had to think really hard about what I did and it still wasn't like what I wanted there was so much stuff that I didn't do but that's one that's one aspect of that video part that I kind of like I feel you and I think a lot of people you know our age and older can relate to that because fuck jumping and rails and stuff just gets harder and harder and so many people we interview they're always talking about when we ask them you know what's next for them a lot of people say they want to film a video part that's fun for them not necessarily for other people translation usually like i want to do some fun stuff not necessarily kill myself on my skateboard anymore so i think that that it's cool that a lot of people the way skateboarding is going can do that you know, instead of you can't get gnarlier and jump down bigger stuff forever, so you do have to get more creative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really had to learn how to skate different stuff, and I had to like resist the urge to try certain things because I it, it would just like completely fuck me up. And but that was also kind of like fun. Like I like I learned how to kind of I learned that I could do um, other shit, which was like um, totally. It was like. Re- reinvigorating you know like i was like oh because you know skating can get really boring especially when you have to like you you like have to do it like it's your job like it can feel so gross you know when doing something on your skateboard that you don't really want to do doesn't it feels super gross and weird and you don't want to have that feeling so like learning to enjoy having to adapt was uh you know it was new new to me and like it turned out to be awesome yeah, like a good experience. There, there were times where I wanted to kind of like stop being like a pro skater because of those feelings. Like I don't want to, I don't feel like doing this, you know. But sometimes a project comes along and you're working with people that you really like, and it, you just kind of start over. And you're like, oh, like skating is rad again, and I want to like do tricks. That's kind of what happened with that video. Was like, like John Minor like spanky like my friends getting together like we just like had this rhythm and and we did it uh, those america videos seem like good times seems like everyone on the team's friends you got a great filmer and you guys get shit done you could tell you're all skating together because it's all the same spots and shit yeah that's a good recipe for a skate video right there yeah i mean like you know that, that's those are the best type of skate videos you know where everybody's friends you know and uh everybody skates together and like you can you know you can see that in the footage watching videos where like everybody's kind of like you can tell everybody's just like here's my video part you know like that's not that's not really as enjoyable like the storm i was gonna say you (laughs) might get you might end up with the storm (laughs) yeah well yeah you you did a wicked job reinventing yourself because some people reinvent themselves and that's just an excuse to start slacking and doing like slappies and fucking half-ass wall rides and power slides but <laughs> Jesus. Y- you were going hard on them banks and i watched that part today i love how the music slowly ramps up and you just get gnarlier and gnarlier 
uh that part's a fucking instant classic <laughs> thanks thanks yeah it was uh it was a good experience it was like really hard though man like i it was it was like the most stressed i've ever been for like doing a video part god damn more stressed than stay gold <laughs> look your intros tells a different story yeah i mean that was like that was different though that, that was like a different type of stress because like with stay gold i knew I knew I wasn't gonna have like a real video part, you know, like I just, I knew that, but the maid, I knew I was gonna have a real video part. So it was like a different type of pressure, you know, like, like stay gold was more like, okay, like just try and get anything, you know, just like, just try to do enough. And then with, with made, it was more like, okay, like you, you have to make this like really good. You have to make, like, this is going to be a real part. You're going to have a real fucking video part. So like, you have to work really hard but stagel is completely different i was like hurt and it was just like a super bad time in general yeah we were gonna ask uh with stagel was it planned for you to do your whole part switch or was that due to injuries uh that was because i had a knee surgery and like I, like a really bad one when i got on america and they had already like started filming for stagel and i was recovering and it was like a very like dark time I could I didn't know if I I didn't know if I was ever gonna skate again like professionally because my knee surgery was like so hectic so when I started skating again I couldn't ollie like normally and because you know like if you're like if you're goofy footed when you ollie like you crack off your left leg like your left like your right leg will lift you up but your left leg pops off the ground and my left knee was the one that was injured and so I couldn't pop off that leg but I could skate the other way popping off my right leg so basically the reason the reason that the video part is all switch is because it's the only way i could skate and minor was the one who looked at all the footage like there's only 15 i only land 15 tricks in that video part and so he like looked at it and was just like okay like we have all this we have all this like he's like struggling a lot and like that's all there and then we have like 15 tricks and they're all switch dance so i mean i think he just kind of like he just kind of was like looked at it and decided to do it that way and it, i think it really saved it because yeah. it, it, it it turned it into like this this whole like drama i guess um but yeah i really owe that to him because i was like kind of checked out i was like i was just like okay we're done filming good like i don't like i'm out of here like i'm just gonna go sit down um, <laughs> yeah he's I, I like owe that to him for sure like he he it was his idea i didn't like after after the video after the 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 day we stopped filming i didn't talk to him for a long time because like it was it was getting really stressful like towards the end of a really big skateboard video everyone can especially between the filmer and the skaters like it can get very like um like friendships can be like stressed to like a pretty crazy point so i like wasn't talking to him i wasn't like answering his phone calls i was completely avoiding him and like and then the, the, the due date came, came and went, and then I was like, all right, I'm not gonna talk to this guy for a long time. And it's not because he was being lame, but he was just being a boss. And like, right. I just didn't wanna talk to my, I just didn't wanna talk to my boss for a while. But yeah, so I didn't talk to him and I didn't see the video part until the premiere, which was like very scary for me, but whatever. I can't imagine. Um, but, that's yeah. the, but that's the story. That's like kind of the story of Stay Gold where like, uh, I just had to like, I just had to, work with what i had so that's why it's that's why it is the way it is 
Well, he did an amazing job turning 15 clips into what felt like a full video part, like the it intro. It does have that feel. Right? <laughs> yeah, like the intro. Yeah, thanks. Flash the, yeah, yeah, it was epic. I, I honestly I honestly could not believe it. Like, because when I watched the video part, I was like, God damn, like, I'm so embarrassed and this sucks. Like, I had I have so much more than that. And then, but then people were like, oh my God, your video, like, people really liked it. And like, again, like, people still come up to me and, talk about it which i'm like so grateful for but it's always just like uh a complete mystery to me because i'm just like wow like because to me i know the truth and i know like how i just know how disappointed i was and but also you know what's crazy is like but i get it i get why people like it because skateboarding is like really hard and you know it teaches you about perseverance and and doing shit no matter what so like that's like a very important part of skating so i think John really like, like Minor really like, uh, he really like captured that, and like it really, I think it, like it just resonates with people who skate. Definitely, you know, everybody knows what it's like to like kind of try that hard. Exactly. If you really skate and you've really you know put in work to film clips over the years, everyone can relate to that intro. So I think that's probably why you get such a positive reaction from people because the intro was like half the part. It felt like a mm-hmm. video part you know so it felt like a full part oh completely it's like 50 percent of it like 100 percent. so <laughs> but yeah it's like <laughs> it's 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 the total first half of the video part and i remember at like at the premiere i was just i was fucking sweating i was just like dude when like when is this gonna end like i was i kind of felt like i was being humiliated on purpose you know like obviously i wasn't but you know, like just imagine being at a video premiere where that's happening and you don't know what's happening. You, right. you don't know what's going to happen. Right, right. So like, like when it was happening, I was like, oh my God, like I felt like I was in a fucking living nightmare. <laughs> but you know, once it was over, I was like, okay, like I started to calm down. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So there was a time when Enjoy Skateboards was synonymous with Mark Johnson, yourself, and Louis Barletta. What was going on behind the scenes that had Mark leave and then you leave a few years later? Well, so, okay, so I guess we'll just start with, uh, like, Mark. So Mark rode for um, A-Team, right? So he rode for A-Team, and that's when he, like, that's after right, right after he met Rodney Mullen, and Rodney Mullen and him sort of, like, it was mostly Rodney's thing, but he was just like, oh, I want to start this company called A-Team. It's like the best skaters, blah, blah, blah. And then that didn't work out. That was like kind of like a flop. And then uh, he basically was like, he thought Mark was just like so talented and smart that he's just like, oh, like, why don't you do a skateboard company? Because Rodney Rodney at the time uh, was like a very, very high up at, uh, at World Industries or Dwindle as it's called today. So he gave Mark a company and, or he gave, he gave Mark the opportunity to make his own company. And so that's how Mark came up with Enjoy. And, uh, and me and Louie were like his first riders and it, we were super tight at the time. It was like, it was like tilt mode, all that shit was like totally popping off. And then he basically, I mean, he basically created tilt mode skateboards. That's what Enjoy was. And then he just kind of got super burnt on it because like running a skateboard company, especially at that time, and especially for business people, it can really like fuck with your soul. You know, like 
basically like doing anything that you love for a living can can ruin it so it was like ruining it for him he hated it he hated running a company he hated dealing with business people and uh he hated like not being able to do his ideas because a lawyer or a salesperson or someone was just like you can't do that and right he he also injected those uh like those grievances like into the company like you know because like enjoy is kind of it's like a pretty it was like a pretty subversive like a comment on corporate life or like corporate mentalities you know it's like it's like a an attack on that so that was like him kind of like he was upset about it but he could also kind of like get it out with the company itself it's kind of like uh like the simpsons making fun of fox you know it's like <laughs> fox you know what i mean it's like the same thing and he but he just got over it man he's just like i can't do this anymore like this sucks and he just was like i'm out of here so he he quit um and then that's when uh that's when my friend matt eversoll who made the tiltmo videos with my other friend chris avery but he he came in he came in and, and basically took over as brand manager that was mark's job so like art direction so he did that for a while and that was really awesome but i almost quit too because like when mark quit i was like there's no way this company can continue but matt and louis convinced me to stay and i'm glad they did because like then like bag of suck came out and like everything was going really well but then like matt was starting to have all the same problems that mark was having and so he almost quit like five different times and Damn. i was sort of i wasn't very involved with the business side but i knew all about it and we would talk about it a lot and i sometimes i would get to make decisions about like you know like about enjoy and like about where things were going etc cetera, etc cetera. but it got to a point where i was getting frustrated with the company and matt was completely over it and he quit and then i quit so that's sort of my my journey at enjoy kind of in a nutshell yeah we had uh, ryan lay on last year he had like a similar thing i mean he obviously got on way later but sounds like matt eversall's the good homie because when when he quit i guess ryan lay was over it too yeah i mean like me and ryan were the only ones who quit when matt quit and i found that surprising but at the same time you know i i think a lot of those other guys you know they just felt like they just felt like they didn't have the luxury of of just like quitting you know like I didn't know either. I mean, I I was really scared. Like I didn't know if anyone was going to pick me up or like what type of value that I had, but I just knew that I couldn't I didn't want to ride for enjoy anymore. So I just kind of went with it. But skateboard companies that are funded or run by people who don't skate or they have they've just sort of lost their way. It's hard cuz it's just I don't know. Being a skater, you just are like, why can't we just fucking do this, man? Let's just do it this way. <laughs> and uh, when you have like 20 different people who like don't skate, but control all the money telling you otherwise, like it's very frustrating and it just feels stupid. You know, as a skater, you're just like, why the fuck are we doing this then? Fuck this. So <laughs> it just sort of, it just sort of got to that point. And Ryan, Ryan was young enough that he could just be like, I'm out, I'm over this. I'm out of here. I'm going to go do what, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he, He's like a great skater and he could, you know, when you're young, you can do shit like that. You can be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> but a lot of those, a lot of those other guys, I don't think they felt like they wanted to take that risk because it's a huge risk, you know, like mm -hmm. after being a pro skater for over 10 years, like, and just quitting your company, like you don't know what could happen. Yeah. Were you already on America at the time? 
I was on America, so that was like a that was a nice cushion, but but yeah, it was still scary. Like I didn't know like I didn't know what I was gonna do. Right. So then, what happened with getting on Chocolate was uh, Mark part of the recruitment process there? Yeah. So once again, I looked to Mark for my board sponsor, and yeah, he basically just like put in the good word, and like I had I had known Mike and Rick and Sam already but it was really mark who got my foot in the door with them or you know i could have just called those guys but i think you know it kind of helped that mark was like he was like really pushing for it so what's next for jerry sue how much you got left in the tank because we'd love to see some new uh some new video parts from you in the future well i've actually been kind of like thinking about it a lot like i haven't really i've only been like skating for fun for like ever since the america video and that's been really awesome we made we're making a boys of summer tour video so like that's coming out soon but as far as like a video part video part like i kind of have an idea that i wanted to do and um it kind of involves like one spot in particular hopefully that works out where i just i might film another part i've already started to film it actually so we'll just see if it works out but it's like kind of takes place mainly in one spot which I'm kind of into. <laughs> I actually love when people do that. I mean, not doesn't have to be the entire part, but like Appleyard's uh, last part for Element. Yeah. He has like multiple clips at like four different spots kind of thing. Or Bobby Wars whole video part at one spot was really sick. Andrew Allen always skates that brick bank spot, mm-hmm. like multiple clips. You had yeah, multiple cool. clips at it too, like yeah it's cool man i i like it like some i know like a lot of maybe like spot um traditionalists would like hate that idea but i just think i just think it's kind of cool and it's like kind of just what i want to do right now like in the past i would never do that i would be like no dude like spread it out make all the spots different but i don't know sometimes you just kind of like fall in love with a spot and you just want to do as much as you can there and I don't know. I think it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of cool. I like like with Andrew and fucking Warris and all those guys. Like that, it it looks sick when they do it. So yeah, exactly. Well, it's different if you're skating the spot in a bunch of different ways, which I would imagine yeah. you would. It's di- like you know, if you're just skating a ten stair and you do fifteen different tricks, like then who cares? But if it's if it's a spot you can skate in a bunch of different ways, it definitely is pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, that's different. Like, it just, like, you're just going, like, down a rail or down some stairs. Um, one last random question. You know the big hubby, you switch 5.0 and 80 and stay gold? Uh, yeah. Yeah, were all those bales on switch 5.0 and 80, or did you ever try switch front nose? Because the bales had me thinking you were trying to switch front nose it. Oh, really? No, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think I, I was only trying switch 5.0, but it's, it's kind of, that's but it's kind of tall so i think like i was just i don't know i don't know why i think i would just miss like you know if you like miss your truck on a 5.0 yeah. like you're like kind of goes board will just like board. it'll yeah it'll just turn that way i think that's like what was happening i can't remember but okay um, yeah because you were falling backwards right and that was also during that time that i talked about earlier where my knee was really messed up and I was, it's really hard to warm up switch and only skate switch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like imagine just like showing up at that hub and be like, all right, I'm just gonna fucking go with this thing switch, I guess, like not even grind <laughs> it or anything. So like, that's one of the reasons that there are so many slams in that video. It's because like 
we would get to a spot and if it was like security guards or like you only you can't skate there for a long time like you just i just had to like jump on my board switch and like fucking try and skate a thing and so i would fucking fall like crazy and i that's like kind of one of the that's like kind of one of the reasons that there's so much fucking ridiculous blooper ass shit in it is because like i couldn't warm up i just had to fucking jump on a a hubba or whatever the fuck it was oh that Um, makes so much sense yeah (laughs) the first attempts must have been brutal they were brutal i mean like a lot of them are in the video and i think like minor was definitely filming every moment of me skate because like he knew that there was gonna be he kind of loves slams too like he he loves them so that was like he would just film me from the moment i stepped on my board because like (laughs) he knew like something crazy could happen but and a lot of crazy stuff did happen so that's kind of like why that's why it looks like that right okay mystery solved Y'all know what time it is. It's rapid fire with it goes, cuz. And this week, we brought to you by Exo Skate Shop in Quebec. You dig? And yo, you know they just got that fire new quasi line. Spring 2018. They got the gear. They got the boards. You know what I'm saying? Pick up a Tyler Bledsoe. Pick up a Jake Johnson. Pick up our good homie Gilbert Crockett. You know, boards ain't never look so smooth. You dig? We gotta rep the homies. Dick Rizzo and Gilbert. You know what I'm saying? It's a quasi family thing around these parts, B. <laughs> Get yours now in store or online at exoshop.com. And keep your eyes peeled for that quasi video coming soon. All right, Jerry. It's that rapid fire time, baby. You ready? All right. I think so. <laughs> Favorite skater? Right now, uh, it's uh, Rowan Zarilla. Favorite video? Love Child. Favorite video part? Favorite video part is Jeremy Klein in Ravers. Favorite style? You know who has the best style is Tino Razzo. Like, there's not much footage Ooh. of him. Not, not that many people know who he is, but Tino Razzo has the best style I have ever seen. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Like, Day One Song is probably, he's probably like the most talented skater. But I mean, so is Bob Bernquist. <laughs> <laughs> but the most talented skater I've ever seen in real life is Mark Johnson, hands down. I have never witnessed anybody skate like that. And I've seen him do fucked up shit hell yeah favorite trick switch frontside shove it hardest trick for you switch backside flip most illegal trick when you like do a trick and then like cross your legs when you land that is like the most illegal (laughs) shit ever the bastion yeah oh i mean a lot of shit is like a lot of shit that people do right now is like all that like magenta like shit is like (laughs) Like if you're if you're like if you're like a pro skater and all you do is like power slide and like jump off your board and is, that's like that's like super insane to me. What that's cool. Like what every type of skating is fine, but I hate that type of skating. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? I did this like switch ollie in the enjoy video and I really liked that clip because it was like not planned or anything. There's like I ollie over like a dirt gap and I really like it. Ooh. Oh yeah, that was sick. Yeah, that was huge. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? One of the gnarliest things I ever saw was 
Mark Johnson did this line where he does a kickflip backside tail side and then a 360 flip and then a backside tail side kickflip out. And at the time, like, that was like so fucking gnarly for when it was done. It was like 1996. God damn. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? <laughs> you know what's so funny is like being a person who has to film videos is like, I, I like don't do hard tricks unless I'm filming it. Which is like... <laughs> okay, so the hardest trick. One time when I was a kid, I did a half cap kickflip underflip because I was like really into Rodney Mullen at the time and he did one in a video part and I just like tried my hardest to do it and I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably thought you were the man that day. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty happy. <laughs> What's the one trick that got away? Oh, dude, I can't really talk about that because I still want to do it. But, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but that gap, that switch ollie gap, I like, I, I like, I know I could have done a switch flip trick down it, and it's gone. Like I can, that gap's gone, so I can't do it. Uh, but oh. I always wanted to go back and do a flip trick down it, like a switch something, but it got away. What's the last new trick you learned? <laughs> this is gonna sound kind of funny, but it's a backside tail slide big spin. I like just learned how to do that. Oh. <laughs> Better late than I ne never. <laughs> I never did it before. You know, then I did one. Hey, two weeks ago, Dick Rizzo, his last new trick he learned was switch tail slide. So <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's pretty funny. Switch frontside tail slide too. If you never started skating, what would you be doing? I always wanted to be a like a comic book artist. So maybe I would have like done that, but I always wanted to make, you know, like Spider-Man or X-Men and all that shit. Like I always, I was so into that stuff and I drew it all the time. And when I started skating, I just quit. You've got a nice platform from skating, so it's never too late to throw a, <laughs> throw a little comic book out there. What's your favorite Wade Desarmo clip? Oh, he does a line. Uh, it's, he does a like frontside half cab to backside nose grind on a bench in a line. And I think, and uh, yeah. I was like, blown away i was like whoa that was like that was gnarly <laughs> that's some true skirt knowledge you've been watching them videos <laughs> i don't know it just like i thought that was gonna be a hard question when you said way disarmo but then then it just like popped into my mind that when it like i saw that once and i was like damn that's a fucking g fucking trick good trick selection and you're the nolly god at them so i see why it resonated with you yeah, that was just like a segue so I could talk about the one I did. <laughs> Fakie is harder. Fakie is way harder. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> it's, it's fucking We Clothing only because I was in like the, the most fucked up ads. Like they, they like <laughs> dress me up and like put makeup on me and do shit like that. And I guess, yeah, <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah it was a weird like cash grab or something i don't know what the fuck i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> favorite local brand and andrew peters they have this brand called chat and it's like just like t-shirts and bags and and they make a zine and uh i just i think it's so awesome they make a skate zine and they like send it to skate shops and shit so it's called chat c-h-a-t that's dope favorite local skater well, in, in San Jose, my favorite local skater is Mike Crabtree. He's the best. Hell yeah. Is? So, Sounds right. like my wide receiver you know, in my fantasy a, football league. There's an NFL player named Michael Crabtree. I fuck with that, Nigi. <laughs> it's his boy. 
<laughs> Favorite teammate ever. Tough one, but it's, you know, it's Louie or Spanky. They're both, like, can't really choose one over the other. It's kind of a tie. Worst company. The worst companies are any company that tries to redesign a truck. Like, it's just like, dude, trucks <laughs> should just be, trucks should just be trucks. Like, don't try to reinvent the truck. Like, don't try to, like, make the kingpin on the back or, like, don't try to, like, don't try to make it so you can grind better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Z-roller trucks? Like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, do that. that, like, completely takes away grinding. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand Z-roller. Like, how was that even a thing? How did anyone want that? I don't understand. That's kind of one of the worst companies. I mean, another worst company. Mountain Dew is kind of the worst company. Red Bull is kind of the worst company. Like, all those companies are kind of the worst. <laughs> worst trend. Is, are Willy Grinds a trend? Because if they were a trend or are a trend, that is the worst trend ever. Hell um, yeah. Worst trend ever was uh, sleeveless t-shirts. When people were like cutting their, their oh. like during like the Osiris like shorties era, when people were like, like Chris Dobstaff, they were like cutting, they were cutting <laughs> the sleeves off their shirts. That was insane. I hated that so much. Worst style. Jaws, kinda. It's kind of the worst style. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? A lot of people just came to mind, but I'm not. I can't say those names. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vern Laird. <laughs> so when I was filming for the America video, Vern would show up with like the Bone Swiss team at the most wrong time imaginable every single time it was like right before i was like i would have been at i was like at a spot i've been there like eight different times to do a trick i'm right about to do it i'm like right about to fucking land this trick that i've been trying for weeks <laughs> and fucking Vern lair just pops up out of nowhere with his fucking bone swiss team <laughs> and it and, and like it and it like will just like completely shatter my concentration one time I hurt my knee like really bad because of it. Like he like, he did this jokey like thing where he like popped his head from behind a bush and I saw it and I was in the most like insane <laughs> skate, like trick emotional state and I saw him and it like destroyed my concentration and I was like so mad and I tried the trick one more time and like totally slammed and I like got in uh -huh. my car and just like drove home and I was so fucking mad at him and then like and then it happened like two more times where I saw him and I was so jinxed that I like <laughs> if I saw his if I saw him at the session even if it was really far away and I just could t like from his like weird silhouette like his weird like dreadlock <laughs> silhouette like I I knew it was him then I like I, I would just be like I, I can't I can't skate anymore like we have to we have to like stop everything like put everything away I can't I can't skate. Uh, but <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. That's amazing, dude. I, it, he's definitely one person I cannot have on a skate session. <laughs> All right, yo, thank you so much. That's a wrap of your wrap. Thanks for everything. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure having you on the pod, B. Yeah, it's great talking with you, Jerry. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome talking about myself this whole time. <laughs> we enjoyed yeah. listening, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but thanks, guys. Thank you. It is time for the post office 
brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And with Jerry Sue in the building this week, you know it's only fitting that we talk about his pro model from America's Shoes, the one and only Sue G6, baby. With its redesigned lightweight build, the Sue G6 is now the lightest Vulk mid out, and it protects your feet with on point cushioning and signature G6 high rebound foam. So if you think you're ever going to drop a legendary part like the one and only Jerry Sue, just know that this is where it all starts with the America Sue G6. Make sure to go and get yours now at your local skate shop before it's too late. Let's get into these emails, y'all. You've got mail. Our first email we got from a recognizable name, good friend of the show, Jeffrey Kolominski. Hey guys, glad to hear I got a shout out on the air last week. Well, you're back again this week, my man. I will definitely be checking out the Skate Loft this December. Hope to see you guys there. This question is purely fantasy football related. This season, my starting quarterback was Derek Carr, who I also drafted with Michael Crabtree, hoping to capitalize on what seemed to be an offensive powerhouse. Early on in the season, Carr went down with a presumptive vertebrae fracture, so I immediately dropped him and spent the next week trying to find another starting QB. The timing was perfect because I was able to get Deshaun Watson off waivers at no cost. Needless to say, I thought I had the season wrapped up as he proceeded to throw 300 plus yard games and finished each week with over 30 points at a minimum. Then my dreams came crashing down around me. I remember seeing the alert on my phone and knew that the rest of my day and season were looking dire. There's just no replacement for a player like Deshaun. Damn man, that's a sad story right there. Real shit. My question is this, how do you guys manage your injuries to star players over the course of the season? How does one win the races each week but stay consistent for the marathon that is the regular season? Thanks, Jeffrey. I, I guess I'll take the question with the injuries to the star players. I lost my main man, well, who I thought was my main man, David Johnson, first game of the year. Lost to the guy sitting across the desk from me while Kareem Hunt went absolutely mental. So how do you manage David Johnson, man? You stick him in the IR so it still feels nice when you're looking at your bench. First of all, it's all about feeling good before the team does well. So he's still on the team if you, if you got an IR spot. And then, man, you just got to trade for players, especially in the NFL. I think the running back is easily the most important position. And uh, I was able to get Mark Ingram not too later, not too late on. And I got Christian McCaffrey, who's Calvin Benjamin leaving town. His role is getting bigger. You just got to stay active. Sometimes I know it's like it doesn't really make sense, but injuries helps because you stay more attentive, keep a closer eye on the wire. And that's the only way you get around these big injuries. Definitely agree. I came out the gates swinging. I was top team in the league like three weeks ago. And because my, my team was so deep and so stacked, I let so many gems on the wire go by me because I was like, oh, I'm set for the playoffs. And now I'm about to be on the bubble staring at some stress. Talking about Cooper to Crabtree. <laughs> I mean, Carr to Crabtree. Fucking, they let me down today. Might take an L to Russ Milligan. I got Matt Bryant going against Zach Ertz and Philly D. Wish me luck. But yeah, definitely 100% most important thing is paying attention to the damn waiver wire who's been dropped sometimes people drop studs and goes unnoticed and definitely make sure you got the weekly hottest pick you know what i'm saying and once you sacrifice your waiver priority just keep sacrificing it every week unless you have like top three priority it's not worth hanging on to to let 
people who might become something go on the waiver. You feel me? All right, next up, we got an email from Kashmir Malenfant. Dear Bunt, hi, Ghost and Dono. It's been a great season. I enjoyed many of the interviews. I'm glad Duffman is not a racist, but just a <laughs> stupid kid. That one story of one pro skater showing off his naked girlfriend in the bathroom to another fellow pro skater got me thinking. I came to wonder. Wait, I just love how he doesn't even remember their names. Like two of the most epic dudes, Leo Romero and Heath Kerchart, are just that one skater and that other skater. I came to wonder what skate team collectively treats their girlfriends and wives most respectfully. What do you think? It's a tough one. And uh, after some serious deliberation, I'm going to have to go with the girl team. Why? Just because they seem, they seem mellow. They might be getting a little bit older. Partying days are behind them. Might be some young guys on there, but the likes of Rick Howard and Mike Carroll. I think they treat their girlfriends with respect, man. That's a weird question. We have no evidence for anything that we say. I'm going to go with uh, Toy Machine still. <laughs> Who on Toy Machine do you think treats their girlfriend with the most respect? First of all, all you, the only name you need is Ed Templeton, man. He's been with his wife for oh, a million a years. One. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Happy yeah. vegan marriage, B. Happy wife, happy wife. <laughs> Ed's doing it good. Excuse me, what what did you just say? Shouts out to Kashmir Malafon for the weirdest question of the season. <laughs> All right, next up we got an email from good friend of the show and member of the Bunt Fantasy Football League, general manager of the Yellow Jacket Boys, Phil Mendelson. He writes, gentlemen, loving this season of the pod. I've got a couple NFL-related questions. Love those. First off, what are your thoughts on this year's Super Bowl? Which teams will be competing and who will win? I don't know who the fuck's in the AFC or the NFC, so let me just throw this one out there and tell me if it makes any sense. Okay. Eagles versus Steelers. That would work. That's yeah. what you're going with. <laughs> Steelers, they just need Big Ben to hit a couple hot streaks. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can see how explosive he is. Case in point, this fucking Thursday when... Uh, Antonio Brown ruined my life. It would take the Pittsburgh Steelers' perfect game to beat the New England Patriots. That's what I'm saying. You just need yeah. Big Ben on it. Dude, that he dude do it. is the most trigger-happy quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. But I'm obviously going to go without of the AFC. I'm sticking with the New England Patriots. I once thought the Chiefs were for real, but Alex Smith is just too scared to make the big play. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers caught them in the West. But I'm going to go with the Patriots versus the Saints, man. Mark Ingram is here to stay. I also think that like the Carolina Panthers can do some goddamn damage if Luke Keekley and Cam Newton has one of those games. Weird how you have go McCaffrey, Cam Newton, and Mark Ingram. I also have the, Carson Wentz, too. Teams you're picking. I'm not going to pick the Eagles just because I'm, I'm actually not sure why. I really like the Eagles, but I can only pick one team, so I'm going to pick the Saints. Saints and the Patriots. I want the Steelers to win it all. Why? They're not your team, man. Why they're are you going back to them? They're my first team ever. <laughs> and I only stopped liking them for a bit last year because Big Ben was in fantasy. Like, fantasy aside, I still like them. Like, I, I really like Lev Bell, Antonio Brown. And he had a little swag daddy juju to the mix. Oh, yeah. Juju hot on the scene. I'm going to say that the Patriots will win again, though. If Rob Gronkowski's healthy, man, I think he needs that that next ring. It's going to happen. All right. We'll see. All right. Next up, we got an email from Justin Holmes. 
Will Roger Federer remain dominant next season? Me and Donald don't know shit about tennis, except I love Roger Federer. That's my guy. So I'm going to say yes. No, there's a new, like, young uh, Canadian. Fuck, what's his name, man? He, he was doing pretty good last year, too. I'm not even going to try. So what does that have to do with Federer being dominant? <laughs> trying to drop some tennis knowledge real quick. But... Oh, my God. Part two. So yes or no? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Oh, <laughs> well, he's old as fuck. I know, but who else? Who's coming up in tennis? It seems like the top dogs have been there forever. It's true. Who, who's the young gun in tennis right now? I have no fucking Milos clue. Milos Raonic? Nah, man. Ooh, this guy dropped a name. You want another one? <laughs> no. Can name another tennis player? Me? Yeah. Other than Nadal. Rafael Nadal. <laughs> Other than Nadal. <laughs> Fuck. I know like two more. I just can't remember. Part two of the... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Venus and Serena Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Will Will Tiger perform at the Hero Challenge this month? Tiger should stop doing active things, man. He's like Tony Romo. He should just become a commentator, and then that could be his career. I mean, he doesn't have the squeaky clean image that Tony Romo has. We all know what Tiger's been through, but he can't play golf anymore, it doesn't seem like. Not I think that I know much about golf. Michael Rappaport has a great theory on it. He says Tiger needs to start skeeting again. <laughs> Obviously. And be the savage that we've all discovered he is. And stop trying to be this fucking weirdo guy. And uh, he looks uncomfortable now when you see him. Yeah. All right, yo. That's a quick post office. Hit us up next week. You know what time it is. Thebuntlive at gmail.com. Or hit us with a direct message on the website at thebuntlive.com. Y'all know what time it is. It's the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, and the segment that makes us the number one sports podcast in the world. My man, let's waste no time. It's on to the NBA, and we were both wrong. The Boston Celtics keep on rolling, hit their 15th in a row, and most importantly, won over Golden State. Mad thing. At this point, you just got to bow down. I still think... Some people in the media are tripping, saying that the Celtics are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I still think the Raptors and Wizards are better than them. And the Bucks haven't lost since Bledsoe joined the team. This this winning streak's amazing, and so much props to them for what they've been through early in the season. But I still, they still don't strike me as, you know, Steph Curry's joking about them going to the Finals and shit like that. I don't know. In the playoffs... You know what I'm saying? The Jason Tatums and Jalen Browns of the world. We'll see if they got what it takes. But respect to them, though. You know what I'm saying? My worry about them is can they take a slump, you know? Because the losses are going to come and how young players bounce back from that. They remind me of kind of when the Raptors would have made the playoffs when they were younger and Paul Pierce just... A little veteran just gave him the business. Oh my you know? god! And it is that shit hurts. You were in your lesson. I mean, they got Kyrie, so but they're still a young team. The 76ers looked like they were primed to make a big time statement, up 22 at half, and then the Warriors did their thing. It was crazy. I think the Sixers dropped 47 on them in the first quarter, crazy. which is insane. You know, down by 22, the Warriors come out and drop 47 right back on them in the third to go up by 10 into the fourth, and the rest was history. Second time they've played in the last week or two. You gotta love Joel Embiid and Draymond Green going back and forth. The Warriors got the last laugh, and then the next day, Embiid tweeted something about, now we know what it's like to blow a big lead. 
Reggie, shut your mouth. <laughs> I was in the fight. I love you, my Cameroonian brother, but you know what I'm saying? He's always got something to say. Gotta love it, but it's like, come on, B. That's a little regular season nonsense. Don't be talking about finals meltdowns because that's just a dream in your life right now. Yeah, that was the one thing I was going to bring up, but hopefully these two, the rivalry continues. This will be another good thing for the NBA. Most definitely. So quietly, we haven't been talking about them because personally, I don't think either of us really like to watch them because they're pretty goddamn boring. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are second place in the Eastern Conference. Everyone's talking about the Celtics, but we're just quietly going about our business. Kyle Lowry's looking pedestrian. So uh, what, why are we in second, man? What's the big reason? Hey, they came out the gate a little shaky, but uh, they got a huge win in Houston against the Rockets. And they've carried that momentum since. They went and took down the Pelican, the Pelicans, you know what I'm saying? The Twin Towers. Dusted up the Knicks with a beat down by 23. And then beat the Wizards without John Wall. So that's expected. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. They, they're trying to change the offense up. It was a little shaky at first. Less ISO, more passing. Lowry's having a bit of trouble adjusting. I don't think he scored 20 in a game this, this year. Unless he did that today. <laughs> Today being Sunday. I don't know. He's averaging like 14 points after three years in a row, 20 plus. Strange. But they're getting Ws. That's all that matters. Uh, I don't mind them doing their thing under the radar. Let's keep it going. All right. Moving on to the NFL. Talking about comebacks and a team that can't be held down. The New Orleans Saints have themselves a rushing attack. And just when you think they're going to take a loss to your man, Captain Kirk Cousins, down 15 in the fourth quarter, here comes Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, and Drew Brees to silence them, man. That was some bullshit. <laughs> you know I'm a, I'm a Captain Kirk kind of niggy. What can you do, man? He played nearly a perfect game, did his thing. I think he had three touchdowns over 300 yards, and uh, the defense let them down, man. They did definitely right at the end. Just when I almost thought they were going to kick a field goal in the fourth quarter there. Captain Kirk was going to get him, get him that last minute field goal, but it didn't happen. Just the Saints man carrying this momentum through the second half of the season. I'm just enjoying the ride. But there's more important topics that we have to move on to. The man I dedicated the show to, Mr. Nate Peterman. What were your thoughts on his first career start and probably, well, hopefully, his only career start? Five picks in the first half. You're a scrub. I think it's a conspiracy against Tyrod Taylor. There's been whispers all, all year of them wanting to move on from him. And uh, they were just waiting for an excuse to fucking replace him. But it looks like it backfired. Y'all niggies fucked up. Shame on you. And we're coming to Buffalo to watch y'all. Hopefully it's not goddamn Nate Peterman. That's what watching. I'm saying. I'm trying to see Tyrod Taylor run around the pocket. Nate Peterman, you shouldn't even have accepted this. Why? How are you going to sit Tyrod Taylor when they're in the in wild card position in the playoffs? Makes absolutely no sense. You went and got yourself a wide receiver in Kelvin Benjamin for Nate Peterman to throw. No, Tyrod Taylor, man. How do some of these people have jobs, man? It's a crying shame out here. All right, we're going to end the show by doing something we haven't done in a while. We're going to drop some on-wax predictions for Monday Night Football. Two teams who are both kind of, they're kind of good some weeks. They're kind of crappy another. Here it comes. The Seattle Seahawks versus the Atlanta Falcons. Where's this going down, man? This is going down in Seattle. So the 12th man will be a factor. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb right here. I mean, it's 50-50, so it's not much of a limb, but 
I'm going to say Matt Bryant gets a signature win. He's been kind of half-assed all year, and this would be a big one. You know what I'm saying? Get the Falcons back in action. Sanu's finna pop. Just for you, I really hope that the kicker for the Atlanta Falcons does get himself a signature win. Oh. I think you were trying to say Matt Ryan, but you're so focused on fantasy football, you referred to him as Matt Bryan. What did I say? You said Matt Bryant's going to get himself a signature <laughs> win because you need big uh, points from your kicker. Yeah, well, no, no, I was trying to, and then I actually said Sanu because I was trying to not say Matt Bryant and make it all about me. But okay. Tevin Coleman, he's going to flop. The Sanu and Taylor Gabriel show with a little Matt Bryant. You dig? Okay, man. There we go. You had it. The kicker's going to win the game for safe as Atlanta Falcons. You know, the Seattle's defense losing some big guys, lost Cam Chancellor this week, but Russell Wilson is just one of those athletic guys, and he's at home. He's prime for the big, for the spotlight, and Matt Ryan, unfortunately, is not. So I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons, or uh, the Seattle Seahawks, and I'm going to say 24 to 14, man. Reggie, you ain't ready for this offensive explosion. 33 to 16 <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all that's gonna wrap up episode nine nine baby episode nine is over baby we out here peace y'all time jp jadid called me ugly in an interview <laughs> and i was like and like i was like what like you're calling me ugly that's like fucking insane <laughs>